So we've been as a church doing a, a, a teaching series called How Long for Advent, where we've been looking at various passages, particularly from the Old Testament, but a little bit into the New Testament as well, where this expression, how long, how long, O oh Lord, will certain things uh, seem to be out of place? And they kind of are summed up by this idea, really, of how long until the morning? How long will the darkness last until we get to see the light of the morning? And I want to begin tonight with a brief confession. When I was a kid, I was bad at waiting for Christmas. And those of you who know me even a little bit are not shocked to hear that. And it wasn't just the like, I would wake up at five o'clock in the morning and wake my parents up early in the morning. Let me ask this. Any of you kids ever woken your parents up super duper early in the morning on Christmas morning? Okay, you really shouldn't do that. You have to let them sleep at least until 5.15 a.m., okay? But I'm going I'm to confess something. It's, it's, not even just, um, it's not even just that I would wake up early in the morning and tell my parents, come on, it's, it's Christmas time. I, I, have, I have to confess, I was really naughty. I would go find my presents weeks ahead of time. <laughs> oh, I know. I heard a gasp from one parent over there. You're, you're shocked and appalled. There is a time period from about nine years old till about 15 years old where I was never surprised on Christmas morning. Not once. Now, I, I would open it like, oh, yay! I already found it in the closet a few weeks earlier. And it didn't help, if my mom's listening to this, that you wrapped all of our presents on Christmas Eve. They were unwrapped for weeks. Just, and I knew the closet where they were going to be found. I was just not very good. I, I embodied what those great American theologians, the chipmunks, saying, we've been good, but we can't wait. Please, Christmas, don't be late. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Now, as I have gotten older, the Lord has worked on me. I've grown in patience. I am better, a little bit better at waiting for Christmas and waiting for things. But I've noticed even my kids, my kids have started to do this thing. We have these blocks where they can count down the number of days until Christmas and they've started turning the blocks days ahead. And I'm like, children, that does not change the earth's rotation around the sun. It's just blocks. I want to introduce you for a few brief minutes here to someone who's much better than me at waiting. And it's this person, Simeon. A moment ago, Lindsay read this, this passage from Luke chapter 2. Now, this is, this is after... Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem. This is after there is no room in the, the guest house. This is after the shepherds are visited by the angels. This is after all of this. This is a, a period of maybe a few weeks later, maybe even a few months later. I'm going to pick it up in chapter 2, verse 25. It says, There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout. And he was looking forward to Israel's consolation and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. So this man, Simeon, he's an older man. He's nearing the end of his life, and he's thinking about the end of his life, and, and he, he has been waiting for something called the consolation of Israel. Israel's consolation. Now, this is not a phrase that we use too terribly often, but actually the lyrics were even in one of the songs that we sang a little bit ago. The consolation of Israel. See, Simeon, he's someone from Israel. He's a Jewish person. And if you know the history of Israel, Israel has had a rough 
500 years or so. Even before that, Israel had had a series of, of very bad kings. And the bad kings had led the people into all sorts of idol worship. And there was a lot of injustice in the land. People taking advantage of each other and not loving each other and treating each other the way that God would want us to treat each other. And, and about 500 years before Simeon, the people of Israel were taken away from their homeland into the land of Babylon. They were in exile. Now, after a period of time, they got to come back home, which is all well and good, but things still weren't all that great because the land of Israel was ruled by oppressive empires and there was still injustice and there was still uh, a lack of worship happening in the temple and, and people were still crying out for this thing called the consolation of Israel. See, God had promised through these people called prophets. They're like spokespeople for God. God had promised, like, like through the prophet Isaiah, like in Isaiah 9, the people who are walking in darkness, they're going to see a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. This is hundreds of years before Simeon was ever even born, but he would have, he would, if the, the scripture said he was a devout man. He was righteous and devout. He was devoted to the scriptures. He loved the scriptures. And so he knew that this was a promise. It seems like it's really dark, but the light is going to come. Or the promise in Isaiah 40 about comfort. Comfort, my people, says your God. This is the consolation of Israel. Any of you kids, let me ask you kids who are in the room. Any of you, any of you ever had a, like a, a bad dream at night and you just want your mom and dad to come and comfort you? It's kind of dark. It's kind of scary. It's kind of like this, but for all of the people, for a long, long time, everything just seems really dark, really scary. And God said, there's going to be a time where we have comfort. The morning is going to come, and it's going to come through a specific person. It's going to come through a hero, a rescuer, someone called the Messiah. And he's, he's, that's a fancy word for the king. And I don't know exactly how this happened or what it looked like, but somehow... God, the Holy Spirit, had told Simeon, hey, you're not going to die. You're going to get to see the Messiah before you, as an old man, pass away. He had this promise. So, back in our passage, verse 27, guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. He went into the temple. Now, when the parents, that's Mary and Joseph, brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law. This is, this is dedication. We actually just did child dedications last Sunday. Pastor Jason led that dedication where we pray over children and dedicate them to the Lord. So Mary and Joseph come in. They've got baby Jesus. Simeon took him up in his arms. Okay, moms, any of you ever had a guy just like walk up to you in the grocery store and take the kid out of your arms? There's one of two reactions to that. There's reaction number one, like, hey, that's my baby, give him back. Or reaction number two is like, wow, I've been waiting for someone to hold this kid for me. That's really helpful. Thank you. This guy, Simeon, just comes up, takes the kid, and he starts praising God. And he says, now, Master, Lord, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. A few things that we can see from what Simeon says, this song of praise that he breaks out into. The first thing, Jesus, this baby Jesus, means salvation for the whole world. He breaks into this, 
this song of praise that now salvation has come. My eyes have seen your salvation. See, see, friends, this is not just Israel that's had a rough 500 years. But at this point in the story, all of humanity has had a rough forever. That the history of humanity is marked by brokenness, by injustice, by fighting, by, by all sorts of things that, that harm each other and break the heart of our God who created us to live in perfect fellowship with each other and most importantly with him. The story of humanity is a story, sadly, of brokenness. But now the rescuer, the Messiah has come at the exact right time. And when Jesus grows up and becomes an adult, he he enters into his ministry where he goes into the world of darkness and he starts bringing God's good light. Where there is poverty, he starts bringing food. Where Where there is injustice, he starts to bring God's righteous justice. Where there's evil and evil spirits, he comes and brings the healing light of God's love. And ultimately that leads Jesus to the cross. See, friends, Christmas is always connected to Good Friday because Jesus, yes, was born, but he was born to die. And on the cross, Jesus took all of the forces of darkness upon himself, all of the wickedness of the world, all of the injustices that was all poured out on him, him, the one who had committed no injustice, the one who had done no wrong, the one who was the perfect light of God being assailed by the forces of darkness. But friends, Christmas is not only connected to Good Friday. Christmas is connected to Easter because Jesus did not stay dead. He rose from the dead on the third day. And I will be so bold as to say that if Easter never happened, we wouldn't care about Christmas. Just another rabble rouser, a teacher of good things. But friends, we believe that Jesus, this baby who was born, grew up, lived a perfect life, died, rose again on the third day. And then he ascended to the right hand of the Father where he now rules and reigns and he's recruiting people to be bearers of his light. He's recruiting people to to go into the world and bring a little bit of his light into the darkness. And friends, we are promised that one day Jesus will return and the world will be flooded with the healing light of Jesus Christ. Is that good news for anyone here tonight? This is, what, this is what Simeon knows. Simeon knows that the, the tide has turned in the battle. Jesus, this baby, is now born. The Messiah is born, and it means salvation for the world. But it's not just for the world in general. Jesus means salvation for you and for me individually. I love how Simeon says that this salvation is prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. See, Jesus and Joseph and Mary and Simeon, they're all Jewish. These are Jewish scriptures. These are Jewish stories. The the land of Israel. We're singing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. This is the centerpiece of the story. But friends, God chose his people Israel so that they could be, through Jesus the Messiah, a blessing to all peoples of the world. Not just for Jewish, but for Gentile. And, And the history of the Christian faith is the most ethnically, nationally diverse religious movement in the history of humankind. That the good news is for all peoples, but it's not just for for ethnic diversity. It's for men and it's for women. It's for rich and for poor. It's for Democrats and Republicans. It's for INTJs and ENFPs. 
It's even for good people like Simeon who are righteous and devout and for bad people because Jesus himself said, the healthy don't need a doctor, the sick people do. I didn't come to call the righteous, but to call sinners. And some of you have mistakenly believed that the salvation that Jesus offers is only for one particular type of person. You have to check a certain set of boxes. And friends, I am here to tell you that you have been sadly misled that the good news of salvation is not just for the world in the generic, but it is for you as an individual right where you are. If you are here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you're joining us online, you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, let me simply say this, that the starting point is admitting that there is a darkness in you and you have contributed to the darkness in the world. I don't know about anybody else in this room, but there are times when I try to do good things and I just can't seem to do it. And there are times when I don't want to do bad things and I just can't seem to stop myself. I need a rescuer. I need a redeemer. And every single person in this room or watching online who calls themselves a Christian, we are not part of the family of Jesus because we are so awesome. We're part of the family of Jesus because he is so awesome. So salvation is for you and for me admitting that you've contributed to the darkness and, and, and bowing your knee and saying, Lord, I need your light to bring salvation into my own heart. Jesus brings light into darkness. Jesus, during his earthly life and ministry, brought light into the darkness of the world. Right now, all who have signed up on Team Jesus, he's put his light into you and you are called to bring his light into the world. And one day, we're gonna celebrate the second advent and Jesus will return and the whole world will be bathed in the light of his love and goodness and mercy. And all who have trusted in him will enjoy that forever. And right now, friends, Christmas helps us remember that he came the first time he will come the second time. Right now, the darkness seems really dark, but we can trust in Jesus. You know, I mentioned that I've gotten better over the years at waiting for my Christmas presents. And as I was writing these sermon notes earlier this week or, or last, late last week, I realized I've actually had this year's Christmas present in my possession for about a month. I found it and my wife says, here, fine. And so maybe I haven't actually gotten that much better but I do know this, Jesus is worth waiting for. His light is worth waiting for. He's worth everything. And so friends, I invite you, though the night seems so long, his joy comes in the morning. Let's remember to trust in Jesus. Amen? Will you pray with me? Lord, I ask and I pray that if there's anyone here tonight who has not yet stepped into your loving, healing, redeeming light, that they would do so now for the first time, God, that they would admit that there's darkness within in their own hearts and their own minds, Lord, and we would, they, would, they would have the confidence to receive your grace and your mercy. Jesus, we pray for our broken world. Would you let your healing light work through us in the midst of what seems like uh, the, the depths of inky darkness? And Jesus, we pray Maranatha, would you return soon? Would you come soon, Lord Jesus, and bring your ultimate healing light to this world? We pray these things in Jesus' good name. And everyone said, amen.